On this episode of Rev Hang, Ben and I review the first half of the Formula One season. Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to part two of this episode of Rev Hang. If you missed part one and want to listen to us talk about the myriad of IMSA, IndyCar, and MotoGP races that have happened over the past few weeks, then make sure to go check that out. I'm your host, Nathan Nevue, and alongside me today is my fellow citizen of Earth and co-host, Ben Bagley. How's it going, Ben? Oh, pretty good. I just finished up a recording episode of a, a podcast I'm on, so I'm, I'm excited for this. Oh, yeah. No kidding. Me too. That's wild. <laughs> Crazy. Um, my world. <laughs> Alrighty. So, part two, Formula One. This is uh, our bread and butter, our favorite stuff. Um, so let's get into it. Uh... This is just going to be a mid-season review episode. There's no racing, per se, to talk about. Um, but we've got a lot of movement in, in terms of the silly season. Um, we'll go over the championship standings briefly, and uh, then we'll go into some mid-season predictions that I think will be pretty fun. Um, oh boy, okay. Alrighty. So, silly season. Uh, everything kicked off after the last race in Hungary. Uh, for those who yep. don't know, silly season is the term that has been given to, um, I guess, the, the musical chairs that is the F1 paddock in terms of who gets what seat. Basically, when someone says silly season, they're referring to the driver market and all the changes that are happening there. Um, you'll kind of see what that means. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, what we know so far, for a fact is that Sebastian Vettel is retiring at the end of this season, and Fernando Alonso is going to replace him at Aston Martin, and uh, Alex Albon has re-signed with Williams for another year. Yeah, so take everything we've ever speculated in past episodes and throw it out. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Um, with Alonso going to Aston Martin, I think, so we did, we knew that Vettel was retiring when we recorded yep. our last episode, and... So we went over uh, <laughs> who we thought was going to replace him at Aston Martin, and we we listed off like six or six to eight drivers. A whole it was, bunch. It was a bunch of drivers that I thought had a good shot, and it ended up not being any of them. <laughs> Alonso leaving a solid midfield team to join a backmarker was not something I'd ever expected. Yeah, he kind of shocked the world with that uh, with that announcement. Um, it's kind of an interesting deal. I understand why he did it, um, because Alpine was not going to give Alonso a guaranteed multi-year deal. Um, from what I understand, they were offering him a one-year contract uh, with, it was basically a one plus one plus one, so he would continue to get deals um, and extensions as long as he kept performing, um, but that's not what he wanted. I, I I guess he wanted yeah, that a, makes sense. Yeah, he wanted a contract where he got at least two years um, with then options for more, which is what he got at Aston Martin. I believe he got a two plus one deal. So he got two years guaranteed and then one if he wants to and uh, if he keeps performing at Aston Martin's uh, desired level. What do you think Aston Martin's desired performance level is? Uh, whatever Stroll's doing. Ah. <laughs> oh. So, <laughs> it can't be better than Stroll. So, uh, as long as he's consistently one place behind Stroll. Right. Um, well, 
I don't know. It's it's kind of tough because they can't really say he's not performing uh, to their standards if Stroll is still finishing below him because they're not gonna <laughs> they're not gonna like Lawrence Stroll's not gonna talk bad about his son, obviously. Yeah, he's, um, he's paying the bills. So uh, I, I I have no there's no doubt in my mind that Alonso will comprehensively destroy Lance Stroll next season. <laughs> Um, so I don't know. I think as long as he's beating Stroll, which I don't see being a problem, I don't think that he'll have any performance related issues. Um, I do think Aston Martin is going to climb back up into the midfield over the next couple of years. They've got so many, um, high level staff from, from like Mercedes and Red Bull They've got they've got so many people with so much talent in terms of the car development side that I don't see them not turning it around in the next few years. Uh, a lot. Um, also, they have uh, they're building a new facility uh, with a wind tunnel and all the new state of the art technology that a big F one team needs. So um, I think with that, with the completion of that facility, um, and then just the cohesion of the team getting better i mean it's a basically a brand new team for all intents and purposes um with everybody working together better over the next couple of years i think they'll they'll move back up into the midfield i think this year is kind of just a little setback for them yeah um, yeah i hope they get into the midfield yeah i hope so too because <laughs> uh i really like fernando alonso <laughs> And I want to yeah, see him and, still challenging for podiums and stuff. And you know, even more important, their cars just look—they look pretty cool. I like their uh, their uh, paint job. They do. Their liveries are beautiful. Um, yeah. So that's that's kind of the Alonzo Aston Martin story. Uh, the other thing we know for sure is Alex Albon has re-signed with Williams for I think just another year. Um, I think it's a good move for Williams, and uh, I don't a see. No-brainer. I don't see any reason for Albon to leave yet. So yeah, like you said, no brainer. Don't think uh, yeah. anyone. What do you think this person? means for his uh, Red Bull relationships? Do you think this is a sign that he's trying to move out of that pipeline, or is this just kind of something normal that would have happened no matter what? Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think. I think it would have happened no matter what because there's really not a lot of open spots for him that he would really want to go to. I don't think. Um, I would say he's probably still interested in the Red Bull seat and he'll probably be driving for that, uh, for when Perez retires, um, or at least leaves Red Bull. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't see him getting the Red Bull seat again with, uh, all the young Red Bull sponsored talent coming up through F2, um, there's already not enough spots in the Red Bull program in yeah. F1. That Red Bull has four seats in F1, essentially, and there's still not enough space for all the talent that they have coming up. So I think, unfortunately, Albon's kind of had his shot with Red Bull, and he's going to have to uh, make waves at another team if he wants to be successful. Um, yep. But, yeah, it kind of sucks because he really didn't... a lot. Well, he got more of a shot than Gasly did, but... I mean, he still only had a little over a year worth of driving. Um, and that car, as we know, is very difficult to drive, and only Max really knows how to drive it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, plus it doesn't help that 
that was uh, definitely Lewis Hamilton's phase of gunning for anybody driving a blue, yellow, and red car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had a couple of podiums taken away from him by Sir Lewis Hamilton himself. Um, yeah, but, but, you know, that's racing. That's how it goes, yep. Um, he had plenty of other opportunities to do stuff that he just didn't quite perform on. So uh, he was dropped. Um but now he's at Williams, and I think I think he'll stay at Williams for a while, and I think he's got a pretty decent future there. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Williams got a little better in the future too, along with Aston Martin. Um, so I think that's a good move for him and for Williams. Uh, just makes sense for them to resign for another year. Um, yep. All right. So now to the fun stuff. What what's still speculation as of right now? Um, it More is speculation. Let's go. It's the 21st of August. Uh, so lots of stuff could change in the next couple weeks and I'm sure it will. Um, as the races start rolling out again. Um, so first big one is Oscar Piastri ditched Alpine and jumped over to McLaren. Uh, yeah, this is an absolute butterfly effect after Alonzo left Alpine. Yeah, Alonso, like, the driver market was pretty, uh, pretty closed, and it didn't look like anything interesting or super interesting was going to happen, and then all of a sudden Alonso moves to Aston Martin, and everything, everything just kicked off after that. Um, so, basically the story here is Alonso moved to Aston Martin, and then about, it was like, the, it was, I think it was the day after that, uh... Alpine announced Oscar Piastri as their 2023 driver. Uh, a couple hours after that announcement, uh, Oscar Piastri tweets <laughs> that he did not approve that announcement and uh, that he would not be driving for Alpine next year. Um, <laughs> Which, big surprise to a lot of people, considering everybody up until then thought that he was, you know, contracted to Alpine. Yeah, uh, so the interesting thing about that is... Um, his contract with Alpine actually expired, or, well, basically, it was, I don't know the exact wording, I haven't seen the contract, obviously. And this um, is all alleged. This is all pretty, yeah, up in the air, not confirmed, really, but from what I understand, his contract said that if Alpine had not announced him as their driver for 2023 by July 31st, then Piastri was in his right to go search for other deals. And so this was about, this was early August, uh, I think it was like August 3rd or 4th. It was at the very beginning of the month. It was right after that, that, uh, deal kind of broke through or can't like he <laughs> right after that clause in the contract had expired, I guess, um, that I think Alpine just basically announced it to try and force Piastri's hand as like a power play. <laughs> yep. Basically saying, oh, there's going to be a lot of embarrassment and PR nightmare if you don't drive for us. And he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is fine. This is fine. So yet another uh, lawsuit is now, I'm sure, in the in the works um, involving McLaren, who uh, is, I think, who Piastri is looking to go to. There are talks. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of the the rumor there is that Piastri and McLaren are doing business. Yeah, because uh what other racing team would ever consider uh buying out a driver from their contract? 
Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, so basically, they, from reports, are saying <laughs> that Ricardo uh, was told by High Ops at McLaren that they are going to go with Piastri next year. And so Ricardo is left here, basically signed on to McLaren, but told he's not going to drive. And so he's demanding a $22 million buyout. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. From what we from the reports that we've heard um yeah so you know mclaren has been the big question mark for the entire season and it seems like things are finally in motion but um i'm sure uh things will unfold in the future i i just don't know there's there's no way to know how this is all gonna go when it comes to lawsuits and stuff um, yeah it what a, yeah what a mess and I'm sure all of this shakes out much simpler than what all of the uh, the headlines and rumor mill uh, has been letting on. But it is entertaining to watch while it's happening. Yeah. So for Ricardo, the big, uh, you know, everyone thinks that he's going to end up at Alpine. Um, so if Ricardo ended up going back, because he, he drove for them when they were Renault still, uh, that would be interesting because he he did he had a couple of podiums with that team. Yeah, he was really starting to pick up momentum uh, towards the end of his last season with them in 2020. Yeah, it was looking like he was finally getting his feet under him, and I mean he performed way better at Renault than he did at McLaren the last couple of years. Oh yeah. So I don't know if his chemistry is better with that team or if they just uh, build cars with a balance that he prefers. Um, cause, uh, he likes a really, um, unstable car in the rear. So you get lots of oversteer so you can rotate the car easier. Um, and, uh, Landon Norris actually, I think prefers the opposite or something like that. And I'm sure it's way more complicated than that. Um, but McLaren, it seems has built their car around Lando's preference. And, uh, so Daniel kind of just is driving a car that he doesn't enjoy from everything we've heard um so hopefully moving back to an old team where he had success uh he'll kind of find that uh that drive (laughs) drive again and um perform a little better but you know it's all speculation we don't even know if he's going there yet officially he's still driving for mclaren and piastri is driving for alpine next year because the announcement has still not been rescinded. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so it, it's a whole mess, but we'll we'll make sure to keep you guys updated. Absolutely. Uh, moving on, our next driver on the list is Mick Schumacher. He still has yet to sign with Haas um, for another year. Um, and uh, at the end uh, or at the beginning of the summer break, uh, Gunter Steiner said he wasn't too pleased with Schumacher's performance throughout the year. Um, which is fair. I mean, he's getting, uh, he's getting beat by Kevin Magnuson, not by a ton, but, um, Kevin has been performing better than him and Kevin was out of F1 for a year. So, um, I don't know, maybe it might be a little harsh to say that he's not, uh, doing too well, but at the same time, he's also destroyed several Haas cars and cost them millions of dollars in repairs. Um, yeah, that first half of this season, uh, or rather first third, I guess, 
uh, it, it was pretty hairy for him, and I, yeah. I was wondering if he was ever going to kind of get his feet under him. Towards towards the end, kind of coming up to summer break, he really started figuring it out and actually fighting for points. Uh, yeah. So at least fresh in my mind, it seemed like he was starting to, to pick it up. But looking back on that first part of the season, um, I'm not super surprised that Haas is looking for a little more. But given his progression so far and how he's improved from then, uh, I, I hope he's able to stay at Haas and we get to see him continue racing because uh, between him and Piastri, who's a super exciting name and uh, a couple other young drivers coming up from F2, I don't really know where he goes if he isn't at Haas. Yeah, it's kind of the thing is if he doesn't get that Haas seat, I don't I don't know where he's going to go. Um, he'd probably just drop out, uh, unfortunately. But I think it's all, I think he still has a very good shot at that Haas seat. I think he, it's just all going to depend on how he does in the second half of the season. Uh, yeah. His last nine races, because he did, his last two races have been very good. And then he also had a good performance in Austria. Um, he even had a, a good performance in Miami until he slipped up and got a little bit too aggressive with Vettel right. towards the end. Yeah, so it's like he's had he's had a couple of moments where he's kind of shined a little bit. Um but like you said in the first the first you know six races or so he was just crashing constantly yeah he he tore a couple Hawks cars in half yeah so i think yeah it's going to depend on how he does in the second half of the season um i wouldn't be surprised if we don't have that Hossi confirmed until after the season's over uh that would not, yeah, that would not surprise me <laughs> if we went all the way to the end and uh, we're still questioning who's going to get that seat. Um, yep. Another big yeah, question. Although, yeah, if you want to compare him to uh, Yuki Tsunoda, who is also a rookie who came in the same year as him, he technically is higher up in the championship standings by one point. Uh, that's not speaking of AlphaTauri's reliability problems or anything like that, but... Uh, yeah, well, uh, Tsunoda doesn't really have any confirmed place either, so... Yeah, Tsunoda's not confirmed. Um, I think he'll probably get another year at AlphaTauri. He's definitely been better this year than he was last year. Yeah, so, by far. Yeah, by a, quite a margin. So he's, he's definitely showing signs of improvement. He does have his moments still. Uh, I think it's just probably a young driver who hasn't quite uh, got the maturity yet um he took out Gasly his teammate in Britain and uh then was running a really really good race in Canada but uh <laughs> put it in the wall on pit exit um just a couple of moments here and there that still it's just like okay <laughs> you've had a year and a half to get all these out of your system so let's uh <laughs> not do this anymore yeah, let's start to pick it up. Right. So, again, I think it's going to depend on Tsunoda's performance. I don't think Tsunoda's quite in as much trouble as Schumacher, though. No. So. No. And I don't think Joe is either. Uh, yeah. Alfa Romeo. Uh, I think as a, a rookie this year, he's actually had a, a great showing when his car doesn't DNF. I know it's something we, uh, we poke fun at a lot of for Alfa Romeo, that Joe just can't seem to finish a race. 
but he's shown a lot of promise. I mean, his first race, he scored points. Yeah. Yeah, Joe is very, very promising. Um, I could see him having a good future in F1. Um, just based on what I've seen so far, where, I mean, he was, he's pretty much on pace or at least close to Batas in his rookie year, and that's, that's really good. Uh, it's just like you said, the reliability, especially on Joe's car, has been just atrocious, where he cannot finish a race because his car keeps breaking. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, compared to Bottas, he's lost 40 points from what seemed to be mostly, I'm sure there is one or two slip-ups uh, he had during a couple races, but for the most part, uh, he's been on pace or close to Bottas, but has 40 less points. Yeah, um, so... Yeah, I don't think Joe's going anywhere. I'd be shocked to my foundations if Alfa Romeo dropped Joe. Uh, the only the only possible candidate for that spot right now is Teo Porcher, uh, who is, I think, leading the F2 championship right now. Um, so that's a possibility, but I don't see any reason to get rid of Joe. When, like All they would do is cycle somebody out and then get a new rookie in, so they'd have to deal with another rookie in his first season. Whereas Joe already yeah, has a, a year of experience under his belt, so there's really no reason for them to change. Yeah, and if they don't fix their uh, their car's reliability problems, then they're just gonna have the same problem anyways. So yeah, it won't matter. Um, so that's uh that's kind of where Joe sits. I don't think he's got anything to worry about. And then uh, the person who's got more to worry about than anybody else, <laughs> Nicholas Latifi. <laughs> Go Tifi. Go Tifi. Uh, his future at Williams is looking a little grim. <laughs> his performance has not been up to snuff, even for a Williams. He's being uh, beaten by his teammate Alex Albon, pretty pretty handily. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then there's there's a couple of really exciting drivers that are vying for that spot, like Logan Sargent in F2 and Nick DeVries from Formula E. Um, both drivers are really deserving replacements and uh so i think um i'd be really surprised if it wasn't logan Sargent or devries in the williams in uh 2023 yeah yeah and logan Sargent would be super cool i think you bring a lot of not just american money to williams as an american driver but you know a lot of fans too yeah i think so i think it'd be really good to get another american driver in f1 it's been quite a few years since we've had an American on the grid. Um, so, you know, there'd be another another opportunity for us to hear the Star Spangled Banner on the during the podium ceremony. Uh, unfortunately, he'd be driving for Williams, so the likelihood of that is not too high. <laughs> you never know. Never know. Maybe they, just, maybe they just need an American driver to get them on the podium. Maybe. Maybe that's all it is. Um... <laughs> But, uh, alright, so that's kind of the silly season um, in a nutshell. It's uh, pretty hectic right now. We haven't heard anything actually in the last couple weeks, but uh, when everything kicked off a couple weeks ago, it was just like constant news all the time. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out. Uh, I really hope Ricardo doesn't get booted out of F1. That would be super unfortunate. I, I think he'd have I think he'd go to America if he did, uh, either IndyCar yeah, or NASCAR. The only thing I would accept is if he went to IndyCar. 
Yeah. Because I think that would actually be kind of awesome. I could honestly see McLaren swinging a deal with him where they maybe give him a certain amount of money as a buyout for F1, but then cycle him into their IndyCar program because they're expanding their IndyCar program so fast. Like Even just this year, they've got Pato Award, Felix Rosenqvist. They just signed Alex Rossi for next year, and they're trying to get Alex Pillow for next year for away from Chip Ganassi, but they're in a lawsuit with that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I yeah I mean they could run they could easily run five cars in IndyCar. Uh, God that'd be absurd. Yeah that'd be wild. All of a sudden McLaren is like the largest IndyCar team. <laughs> um, that'd be pretty crazy. But I I think he would enjoy IndyCar. But if he went to America, I wouldn't be surprised if he tried NASCAR out. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, Kimi Raikkonen had his debut again i guess uh well i guess this is his first nascar cup race uh, as a rookie in nascar at watkins Glen. yeah um i didn't actually so. catch that i knew what happened it was like yesterday right i think it was either yesterday or today um, it was today might have been today so it's like 12 p.m our time i think gotcha so i don't know how he did in there but um i know in practice he was like top 10 so uh, he was driving very quickly for for somebody who's never really driven a NASCAR before. He has, but like that was what fourteen years ago. Um, yeah. So yeah, Trackhouse is a, a a good solid team to start out racing for too. It's a good jumping off point. Nice. Yeah, I don't really know too much about NASCAR. It's definitely not my wheelhouse. Um, but maybe I'll start watching it if Kimmy starts uh putting up good numbers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, NASCAR's viewership might get a lot bigger because uh, Daniel Kvyat was also racing the same race. Oh, nice! I didn't know that. Actually, I think I heard heard that like once a long time ago. But yeah, awesome. Well, that's cool. Uh, got some people jumping over to NASCAR from F1, and I'm sure we'll have some people moving over to IndyCar in the future. Um, I don't know how Formula E is gonna do, man. It just seems like it's not getting off the ground like they wanted it to uh no no they keep throwing money at it and it's yeah it sucks because yeah. it's it's a cool series and i like watching the races when i can but it's hard for them to get tv deals right now because no one watches them um so formula e is really cool but it's kind of become a meme in terms of it's the place where f1 rejects go to die basically yeah <laughs> or their careers go to die i should say um, so I think it'd be really cool if IndyCar became the place where F1 drivers go after they leave, um, because I think it's, it's a much larger spectacle, and I think a lot of F1 drivers could make a name for themselves in IndyCar as well. Yep. So, I think that'd be pretty sick, uh, just getting a even, even larger IndyCar field to go through every week. <laughs> 33 cars on the field yep. short track iowa there you go <laughs> nothing bad could happen yeah the last place starts a lap down um <laughs> but all right so let's go over championship standings real quick uh we'll just go first to last since uh it's been a while since we've done that in first place is max verstappen with 258 points Second place is Charles Leclerc with 178 points. And third place is Perez with 173 points. 
Fourth and fifth are Russell and Sines with 158 and 156 points. Sixth place is Lewis Hamilton with 146 points. Seventh is Norris with 76. Eighth is Ocon with 58. Ninth is Bottas with 46. Tenth is Alonso with 41. Eleven and twelve are Magnussen and Ricardo with 22 and 19. Gasly and Vettel are tied at 16 points. Gasly is in 13th place and Vettel's in 14th. Um, 15th place is Mick Schumacher with 12 points. 16th is Yuki Tsunoda at 11. And then 17th is Joe with 5 points. 18th is Stroll with 4 points. 19th is Albon with 3 points. And uh, then we got 20th, last place, well, for the regular drivers, is Nicholas Latifi. Uh, still has yet to put up some points on the board this season. And then finally, in 21st place, is uh, the stand-in driver, Nico Hulkenberg, who did not score any points for uh, Aston Martin during his brief two-race stint. All right. So the battle for second still pretty pretty heated. Verstappen's almost assuredly going to win the championship. Um, yeah, yeah, he is flying away with this yeah he's ahead what is that 50 80 points i can't yeah that sounds right i can't math right now um (laughs) yeah 80 points um so 80 points between first and second and then there's only five points between second and third and uh yeah so i think second place is still up for grabs with anybody especially since leclerc is the one in second and ferrari's crumbling um <laughs> yeah yeah i mean even all the way down to lewis hamilton yeah it's a uh, 30 point spread yeah yeah and, and mercedes has definitely made a push in the last few races they're definitely a lot faster than they were at the beginning of the season uh yeah so it just comes down to another couple ferrari races for ferrari and uh, a couple of good races for mercedes and those places could easily be swapped yeah um so yeah uh, Lando Norris is way back in seventh place. He's like what seventy points behind Hamilton in sixth. So it's looking like it's gonna be uh, shuffling uh, through second through sixth is gonna shuffle around for the rest of the season. I think. Um, and that'll yeah. be a fun fun uh, thing to watch. And then the uh, midfield battle between Alpine and McLaren is also heated up. Uh, so for the constructors championship. It's uh, Red Bull in first with 431 points, Ferrari in second with 334 points, Mercedes in third with 304 points, and those are the only teams that are above 100 points right now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Alpine in fourth has 99 points, McLaren in fifth has 95, then you drop down to Alfa Romeo in sixth with 51 points, seventh is Haas with 34 points, eighth is Alfa Torre with 27 Ninth is Aston Martin with 20, and last in 10th is Williams with 3 points. Yeah, so if you're Haas, are you thinking that you're going to be able to uh, eclipse Alfa Romeo by the end of the season? If Schumacher starts to perform better, I think so. Uh, or if the Alfa Romeo stop blowing up every race, then, you know, maybe they'll pull away. Um, yeah, I think that's the bigger question, is if Joe if starts continually scoring points with a, a good car uh even if schumacher starts picking it up 
uh, I think the the team of Zhou and especially Botas probably will be able to, uh, if not outrace on the track, at least keep up their points differential. Yeah, I think so. Um, I'd be kind of surprised, yeah, if Alfa Romeo was passed by Haas. Um, I think the bottom of the the board here will stay about the same. You might get a couple of swaps with maybe Aston Martin might pass Alfa Tori if they have a couple of good races. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think the big battles right now are between Alpine and McLaren, who are separated by just four points. Um, and, uh, then Ferrari and Mercedes Ferrari and at this Ferrari. point. Um, oh, yeah, Ferrari and Mercedes, I guess, too. Yeah, because Ferrari and Mercedes are 30 points apart, and then Ferrari is 97 points behind Red Bull. Yeah, although Ferrari's greatest adversary right now is Ferrari. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> uh, so if they can get out of their own way, I mean, they can still come... I mean, they can still easily come in second. I don't think there's any way they win unless Red Bull just... Man, they would have to take something catastrophic every single race for Red Bull to not win. Um, yeah, Yeah, both their drivers have just been pretty consistent throughout the entire season very yeah. few slip-ups after those first three races yeah no they're just they've been pretty much perfect since like i'll say spain after after spain they just have not made very many mistakes um and even in the early season it wasn't mistakes as much as it was reliability problems that they were able to fix very quickly so yeah yeah, I don't think Red Bull has anything to worry about. I think Max Verstappen's too far out in front now um, in the drivers. And then Perez is only five points behind Leclerc. So, yeah, another couple good races from Red Bull and bad races from Ferrari. And, yeah, I just, yeah there's no way. <laughs> um, so that's kind of the championship right now. Red Bull's running away with it. Ferrari has uh, thrown it away uh, with a winning car. And uh, <laughs> they're sandbagging for next season. Yeah, that's what it is. It's the Ferrari master plan. <laughs> um, yeah. Another thing to note is <laughs> Mattia Binotto does not seem concerned at all, <laughs> or at least yeah. In apparently, nobody doesn't. at Ferrari does, aside from the drivers. Yeah, they're saying, "Oh, there's not really a problem. It's just how it goes. That's just racing." But you know, pitting somebody <laughs> oh, well. unnecessarily for a third time two races in a row is not <laughs> i don't know but if they don't admit to themselves that they have a problem then it's not going to get better <laughs> this is exactly where we expect it to be yeah <laughs> all right so pit stop championship uh nothing much has changed it is still very much perez out in front uh, in front of Verstappen in second, and then Norris in third. Yuki Tsunoda's kind of the surprise, though. He's in fourth place, um, ahead of both Ferraris. Wow. So, yeah, so the Constructors' Championship for pit stops is a little, I'd say, matters a little more. Um, it's Red Bull in front with 367 points, followed by McLaren with 161, and Ferrari with 151. Uh, oh, sorry, I did not order this, actually. <laughs> I forgot to resort this. 
Uh, huh. So it's Red Bull in first, and then McLaren in second with 161. Alpha Tori oh, in ex- third with 153. Ferrari in fourth uh, with 151. Then Aston Martin in fifth with 118. Alpine in sixth with 114. Mercedes in seventh with 104. Williams in eighth with 96. Alfa Romeo in ninth with 30. And Haas in last with 17. Yeah, that explains why Sinoda appears to be so far up in fourth. Uh, he's actually behind uh, Leclerc, Vettel. Uh, well, just Leclerc and Fettel. Yeah, I'll need to go through and fix that, but um, I'm glad I at least noticed <laughs> before yeah. we moved past that. Um, How foolish we would have looked. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so that was a little weird, but alright, so mid-season predictions. Uh, oh boy. This is going to be fun. I've got, was it nine that I, yeah, I've got nine, nine predictions for the remaining nine races of the season poetic yeah totally planned out not an accident um okay so our prediction uh categories first off total dnfs this is all drivers doesn't matter which team just the amount of dnfs combined through the next nine races does it matter the reason for the dnf or nope and uh, okay. I'm not I'm not counting one of those like ninety percent you're still classified like you have to finish the race on the last lap. Okay. Are we uh, just gonna go through predictions as the same? We're gonna list out the the categories first. Uh, we'll just go one by one. Okay. So total. Yeah. Demons. So I'm I'm gonna say Alfa Romeo is going to have. Let's oh. see, nine races left in the season. No, I mean, no, and... I'm so, sorry. Let me explain this a little better. I mean the number of DNFs, not the team with the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but gotcha. uh, I'm calculating. So Alfa Romeo has nine races left in the season, which means Gan Yuzhou is going to race nine more times. Mm-hmm. Or at least he's going to try to. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say eight total DNFs. Wait, no, that's just for one team. Yeah, I'm talking total. All drivers. Okay, yeah, you, you go first. I okay, I'll go first. I'll give, okay, I'll give you some time to think. So with nine races left, uh, things heating up in the midfield a little bit, but not too much. I'm going to say 25. 25 units okay. over the next nine races. I'm going to hit it a little lower. I'm going to say 18. 18, so two per race. Yep. All right. Now, the team with the most DNFs. This is what you're, yeah, yes. what you were saying before. Yeah. Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo. Uh, I'm going to go with the other one. I'll say Ferrari. <laughs> trying to type quietly here for the audience. I'm sorry. All right. Incredible. <laughs> That's not right. There we go. Uh, okay, driver with the most pole positions. Uh, Verstappen. All right, I'm gonna say Leclerc. All right, most consistent driver. So what I mean by this is uh, <laughs> his finish position. Whose finish position over the next nine races has like the smallest standard deviation? So you're gonna make me do statistics. No, like I'm actual gonna... statistics. No. I... <laughs> 
I've got a link here to a calculator that you just put the finished positions in and it does it all for you. It's really nice. and Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I, I only do fake statistics here. I don't actually do the math. Yep. So who is most consistently in the same spot in the finishing order? Hmm. Let's see. I am going to have to say Alcon. Alcon. Okay. I'm going to say Russell. Ooh, that's a good one. All right, most consistent team, same thing. The lowest, uh, smallest standard deviation, Mercedes. Okay. Um, who do I think? Are we I'm allowed to say... have the same prediction, or yeah, we can first come first serve. No, we can. That's fine. Um, I'm gonna say Red Bull though. All right. Now we're going the opposite, least consistent drivers. So the driver with the largest standard deviation over the next nine races. Over the next nine races. Let's see. I'm going to have to say... I'm going to say Bottas. Bottas. Okay, that's a good one. He's been kind of up and down all season. I'm yeah. going to say Sunoda for the same reason. All right, least consistent team. So the most variation between their finishing points is a team. Yep. Um, God, that's a lot harder. You got to think of both drivers. Yeah, this now. one's like the hardest one of all of these, I think. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Ferrari. Ferrari. That's a good one. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about this earlier in. Yeah, Ferrari was the one that came to mind because of the amount of DNS they have. Um, they have the highest highs, but also just the lowest lows. Right. Uh, Ferrari's so good. You know you want to put Ferrari. Yeah, okay, this will be our one. We're both going to say Ferrari for least consistent team, because how could you not? <laughs> All right, in the fourth place in the Drivers' Championship. Oh, man, that... Hmm. Yeah, I tried to make these tough. Because, I mean, first place would be too easy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to put Hamilton. Hamilton fourth? Okay. Yeah. I think he overtakes Russell. But uh, I don't know if he, race per race he's going to be able to catch up to any of the, the front runners. Yeah. Um, I'll say Sergio Perez. What a weird time we live in that I've chosen Hamilton as my pick for fourth in the Jarvis Championship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Fourth place in the Constructors Championship. I think that's going to be Alpine. Think Alpine's got it? Um, Alpine gang. You know, um, I'm going to say Alpine too, actually, because I don't think... Daniel Ricciardo has anything to drive for at McLaren anymore. So I don't think he's <laughs> no. going to be as motivated. Um, no. Especially if he gets signed on to Alpine, I don't think he's going to have as much motivation to like push and do well. Battle him out. Um, yeah, and I don't think Lando's going to be able to carry McLaren no. against two very consistent drivers in Ocon and Alonso. Yeah, Ocon and Alonso have been so good. Uh, yeah, I don't think Lando can <laughs> carry that. Yeah. <laughs> 
but uh, all right. So those are our uh, our predictions for the second half of the season. I am excited for our season review episode. <laughs> we get to talk That's about. That's gonna be yeah. <laughs> talk about the predictions we made at the beginning of the season and uh these ones and um i'm sure we'll have lots of other stuff to talk about um yeah we'll talk about some indie car stats we'll go oh man it's gonna be awesome uh it's probably gonna be another (laughs) two-parter yep um yeah in the meantime uh i get to go watch the portland grand prix that's coming up here pretty quick oh are you going yep got my tickets and everything i'll be at the chicane Oh, that's awesome. Carnival Chicane. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I thought about going to Portland, but I uh, just started a new job and taking time off in like the first two weeks doesn't seem like a good idea. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, no. Uh, me and a couple buddies from the racing team are going to try to go uh, shove a whole bunch of water bottles into Alexander Rossi's car and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> That'll be funny. I'll have to let me know how that goes. <laughs> Yeah, that or uh, the other objective is getting a fist fight with Jimmy Johnson. There you go. That'll be a good one. Um, so did you get the pit pass or? Uh, I didn't get a pit pass, but I got the three-day pass with the paddock pass. Oh, awesome. Cool. That's really cool. So hopefully Jimmy Johnson's going to be a fight on site if I see him in the paddock. Absolutely. Let me know. Let me know how that goes. <laughs> just get, get it on Not video. Not that I dislike <laughs> the guy. I just kind of want to see, you know, NASCAR drivers are a... Uh, famously great fighters so i kind of just want to see what happens there you go get it on video and then uh we'll post it on our website and uh, yes, you can watch that will ben make us feel famous Jimmy Johnson. i'll make sure to affiliate before i do it <laughs> exactly say media yep Revang media and then just go tackle him or something <laughs> <laughs> um all right well do you have any other words of wisdom for our audience before we sign off um then? words of advice wear your helmet yep we're going with that going with that one okay wear a helmet folks <laughs> all right well that concludes uh this two-part episode of rev hang thank you everybody so much for listening and uh if you enjoyed it leave a like or rating or plat on the platform you listened on really helps us out if you'd like to follow our thoughts and opinions on the motorsport world follow us on instagram and twitter at rev media if you have any thoughts or questions about racing, or even about us, post a tweet at hashtag RevHangPodcast, and we may feature your question on the next show. We would absolutely love to interact with you guys. You can follow Ben on Instagram at BenjiMeetsWorld, and or myself at 2N underscore squared. While you're at it, go check out our website, RevHang.com, where you can find a calendar of upcoming races, updated standings for the racing series we talk about, along with our awful predictions for the F1 season. We'll return in a week to talk about the Belgian Grand Prix, but until then, I have been Nathan. And I've been Ben. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. See you guys.